Hello and welcome to my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and events experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. This is the second episode of 2023, so there we are. The year is off and running. We're already into the second week. And this week I am talking about PR. PR is a subject that has been long overdue in the podcast because it's, it's one of the core core things that I offer clients. I have 15 years experience of PR, so I don't know why it's taken six months to actually do an episode purely focusing on PR. Now, my PR experience was in the car industry, working at Vauxhall, Volvo, and then Volkswagen commercial vehicles. So I wanted to sort of bring some of that experience into the caravan industry because uh, the kind of the car industry has um, bigger budgets, bigger audience base, more media outlets as well, etc. But I think it's good to get an insight into how it's done well, properly, in my opinion, in in the car industry, so that uh, everyone in the caravan industry can consider, compare and uh, see if there's any improvements you want to do for your, well, make sure you include PR in your strategy uh, of communications for this year ahead. So... I have Wayne Bruce, the Director of Communications at Bentley Motors, to talk to today. Wayne has, well, I'll I'll explain all in the interview, but he has many years' experience. Like me, he started as a journalist and then went into PR. And as I say in the interview, he was one, one quite instrumental in inspiring me to do the same. So let's hear how PR is done at Bentley. In this episode, I'm looking forward to talking to Wayne Bruce, the Director of Communications at Bentley Motors. Wayne's career started as a journalist at Carweed and then Car Magazine, before moving into PR in 1995 as a press officer at Volkswagen. From there, he moved, went on to become head of PR at SEAT UK, communications director in Nissan and its premium brand, Ability, before moving to McLaren Automotive, where he was global communications and PR director until he moved to his current role at Bentley in 2019. I first met Wayne at a Volkswagen press event in the mid 90s when I was a journalist at Practical Caravan Magazine. And that's so actually sowed the seed for my own career moving to PR in the car industry a few years afterwards. That's not the only big effect that Wayne's had on my life because for the last 18 years I've actually been married to his sister. So yeah, we definitely go back a long way. And little did I know that so nearly 30 years after first meeting him, I'd also be interviewing him for my own podcast. So although the caravan industry doesn't have the same level of budgets that the uh, that the car industry does. Most caravans and caravan, most caravans and motorhomes aren't in the same bracket as a Bentley cars either. But the two industries are definitely important to each other. And as our lesser vehicles are becoming more luxurious and desirable than ever, I'm confident there will be some interesting PR lessons and inspiration for the caravan industry in this interview. Hello, Wayne. Sorry for that long introduction, but you've done a lot. Of things. <laughs> there was a, there was a lot to say. Um, Gosh, so well, Welcome to the podcast. 
Thank, thank you, John. It's very, it's very exciting. It's lovely to talk to you. And I, I, yeah, time flies when having fun, doesn't it? Um, what, what was that Volkswagen event? I can't remember. I can what remember very clearly, actually. It was a Golf Ryan Drive, and it was in a hotel in Bracknell. Because I remember, I think it was, I think it was, I drove, I drove the, the Golf Ryan, took it out of the Ryan Drive, and uh, I remember driving it to my parents' house, uh, which was a million miles from there, and showing them and then going back in. <laughs> so that must be the Golf Mark 4. Golf Mark 4? I'm not sure. Yeah, but at the time you had you had a really smart Golf Golf R32 I think in a in a bright blue colour, and I thought, yeah, I can see myself working in the car industry. So we having nice company cars like that. <laughs> well, I must say, if you if you like cars, there's nothing more exciting than working for a car company, whether it's a UK importer as I was then, yeah, or in the European headquarters, as I was then later on in my career at Infinity. And then even more exciting is being right at the heart of a global car company in its head mm. office and working at its factory. So I'm very, very lucky to do what I do. Very lucky. Yeah. And also, I remembered your name from, because I, I, I was also an avid reader of car magazine at the time. I remember seeing the name in the magazine. And then when I met you at the VW, I put two and two together and thought, yeah, that's a bit rude. But yeah, I enjoyed my 15 years in the car industry, really enjoyed it. We've been behind the scenes and launching new cars. My, the brands, are, I suppose they have Oxford as a producer in the UK, but, and I really enjoyed Oxford and then the Volkswagen as well. It's really cool. Yeah, really, really loved it. So yeah, it's been, been good fun. Certainly done lots of travelling and been introduced to the five-star hotels, etc. So yeah, got some great memories from all that. Let's let's start by looking at your. Tell me about your current role then as, as communications director, Bentley. What what does that cover? So communications, we, we we call it communications at Bentley, and yeah. it, and it's the same across the Volkswagen Group, which of course is our parent company. Yeah. But your listeners might also know what we do as PR, press relations, or public relations. Yeah. And the, the the role I have now is essentially managing. Everything comes out of Bentley only to our to our customers and other stakeholders, but just as importantly to our colleagues, of which oh, yeah. we have four and a half thousand. And I, I would say the output of my team, which is on the small side, I think I think for a car company, there's just ten of us, we, is equally split between internal and external, and that's become even more important since COVIDness. Remember that. Yes, um, yes. And keeping our colleagues on board. And Bentley is going through a transformation at the moment. We're, we're 103 years old and we become the world's biggest producer of 12-cylinder petrol engines. But we announced at the end of 2020 in a business strategy we call Beyond 100 that we will be producing no internal combustion engines at our factory and crew within the next few years. And by the end of the decade, only producing fully electric vehicles. And, and th this means that around half our colleagues are going to need to be reskilled, which is a, a journey that we're all going on. Yeah. But what won't change is that our cars will continue to be hand-built and, if nothing else, most renowned for their beautiful interiors. And high performance as well. Yes, and, and, and as you know, John, with electrification, even higher performance is possible. Oh, wow. Gosh, yeah. It would have the same sound as a V12 engine, I wouldn't imagine. That's a disappointing thing, isn't it? Well, it's, it's it's a question. I mean, I was with a couple of journalists yesterday from France, and they asked exactly the same thing. Yeah. And if if you drive a Bentley, okay, when you when you start it up, it makes the most wonderful noise, but thereafter, it's quiet. And our, our founder, W. O. Bentley, we often quote that his ambition was to build a silent 
sports car. Perfect. Yeah. And what wants a Bentley is, is emotion. I'm sure, I'm sure I've taken you out in one or two, haven't I? Yes, yes. The car is just wonderfully quiet and it's thus so well suited to electrification. We do offer a sports exhaust, but it's picked up by maybe 5% of our customers. So, so yes, we, we think the electric age is, is very well suited to us. And we've already started on that. We now are the only, only the one of the luxury car brands to offer a choice of plug-in hybrids which we think is is the best solution for our customers today yeah, yeah. because we know that our customers use their Bentleys as their daily driver. It's it's a rational luxury purchase, which isn't perhaps as oxymoronic as it might sound. They will do eight, 900 miles a month in their cars and often use it at weekends to go to their second homes and therefore range is very important. And, and a Bentley customer will have at least one driveway in which to have their charge point installed in. So a, a plug-in hybrid with a range of 30 to 40 miles, you can get charged every day. And then at weekends, you have the petrol engine in your petrol and your, your, your full tank to take you down to your perhaps second home in Cornwall. And presumably the range, on, when they're fully electric, the range is going to be much more advanced than current. Exactly. And and we said it very clearly, our first electric car will come in 2026. It's, it's all on track. And its range will be commensurate with our current internal combustion engine vehicles because that's what our our customers want and and expect. Right. That's pretty impressive to have all that performance and and a big range as well. And of course, electrification is a big issue for the caravan industry as well. Yes. I mean, at the moment, a lot of the the electric cars don't have a very big towing capacity. I think and the Kia EV6 is pretty good at the moment with about 1,500 kilograms and Polestar are up to that, which at least gets you into a sort of total decent-sized family panorama. But the rest are like 1,000 kilograms, really limited your option. But then there's, a, as, there's other practical engines of trying to charge your car when you say the panorama and all the motorist services. is not ideal, not ideal really. You've got to park it, unhitch it and park it somewhere. Yeah, a world. It's going to be quite keen. But there, is, there was one journalist, Andrew Ditton, who I've interviewed in the podcast who... I was invested in an electric car and has been leading the way, showing everyone that it is possible to tour with it with a camera, but he's got plenty of time to do it. So sometimes 125 miles in between. And we'll get there. The industry's got to, got to face this issue because yeah. in a few years' time, all the cars people are driving won't be able to sell a lot of the caravans that are around there at the moment. So yeah, watch this space. I'm sure there's lots of products in development. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how that, how that comes out. But yeah, it's good to hear that Bentley are ahead of the game. Uh, well, and the Volkswagen, of course. And, and, and maybe that's where plugins come in because yeah. right now they are a great, a great answer. Yeah. 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 They are. Definitely. Definitely. So you said you've got quite a small team. Of course, we're a global company and the, the team of 10 we have in crew support not just for UK, but also help our regional teams. To yeah, to the media across the world. So we also have four marketing and communications managers out in our different regions. Great. That's pretty impressive then. The teams have been managing the whole global global brand like that. And what about the dealers? Do you support dealers, or do they all have their own PR? They will have their own, typically their own PR operations. But where we do support them with is content. So I like to think of it as a content factory. Yeah. We we have a we have a, a, a KPI which is to produce at least two news stories every week. Our output is perhaps sixty percent cars, forty percent non car stories. And we're fortunate with Bentley and, and with the campus we have at Cruise that we, we have a fountain of those coming through. 
And then the photography that we do, the videos that we take are then often put out on our PR channels, but then recycled for Bentley Motors social media channels and then available on the portal for our retailers to use. Okay. So does your department manage the social media as well, or is that? The, 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 the Bentley Motors channels are managed by the marketing team. The oh. Bentley Newsroom channels, which have a slightly different job to play, are managed by me and my team. But the content that we produce, which is the vast majority, because we are, we are the newsroom, the news hub of the company, is oh. then shared across the Bentley Motors channels too. We support the retailers very much on their local events, because is this about, which about uh, as much keeping your, your current friends, but also making new ones. We support them with cars because my team also manages our heritage fleet, which are 42 mainly road cars, a few motorsport cars from our 103 year history that are often around the world being used for different events. And this is also about not just helping our retailers, but ensuring that we have one standard and one voice across the world. Cool. So what, what would be your definition of PR? I know you've got a dual role there looking at internal stuff and external, but externally, how would you define it? Um, yeah. I have a simple line, which is, which is about telling more, uh, telling more stories to more people more often. Uh, the, the industry definition, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, John, defining the difference between marketing and PR is that marketing is about paid media, i.e. whatever you're looking at, newspaper or, or the interweb, if there's an advert on there, the, the brand behind it, to pay for that. However, if you look at the news, you look at the copy, if you're reading a feature yeah. and a brand is mentioned, that's literally been earned by the PR team who, who rely on a third party, i.e. the journalist who wrote the story yeah. to give your brand exposure. Yeah. yeah. So it's independent third party. And, yeah. And, and, and more content, of course. Which, which is typically why whatever company you talk to and whatever its size, if it's fortunate enough to have a PR and a marketing team, the PR budget will be perhaps a tenth of the marketing budget. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that well. <laughs> yeah. Give us an overview of a typical international press launch then for for a new Bentley. I know you were in Canada recently, and you obviously travel a lot, but you're looking at national audience. So the Bentley launch are no different to a launch or the opening of a new hotel, thinking of the leisure industry. You simply want you invite your guests, you come up with your target list the publications or influencers that you think will appeal ultimately to your customer. Yep. You, you invite them to a venue. You try to make logistics of coming to that event as simple as possible. And you make sure that your guests experience your product in the best environment and appreciate what you're trying to position about, about whatever you're trying to do in, in, the, in the best way in order to get the best coverage as a result. And that's the, um, the very important part of your communication, actually doing the event. Getting the actual driving impressions and meeting the media, and what, what because we're maybe because we're Bentley, but I think this could also carry to any other brand. Yeah. We, we try to give very individualised service to our guests. Mm -hmm. So a, a global media drive, and yes, we, we were, for example, in Vancouver a couple of a couple of months ago for the new extended wheelbase Bentley. We are there for a period of time. We suggest a date for the guest to come. If the guest can't manage that date, then we pull into another group. And, and because we want that person to come, we want John Rawlings to be with us. And if he can't do Thursday, but he can do Monday, fine. You come on Monday, John. We then work with you to get the best travel plan for you, the best flight option. And then we gear the program around how long you can spend with us. The, the environment you pick obviously needs to put your best, your product in, in its best light. And we chose in this case, Vancouver, because 
It's a city well known for well-being, and well-being is a is a key message of of Bentley. Okay. Vast open spaces. This is a car with vast interior space. Wonderful driving. Great location scenery for photography and video. Mm-hmm. We're also able to do a bit of light off-roading. Of course, when you said right at the beginning of our conversation, and you glibly mentioned five-star hotels and automotive media, and actually even more so lifestyle media, are particularly well-treated. And yes. you want your event to stand out. And it's it's hard these days to find a hotel they haven't been to before. And you want them to remember this was a Bentley event and not... Whatever else. Dare I say it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And... and for the Vancouver one, we, we came up with a theme which was around bears and we we gave it, we supported a local national park which had a population of bears and we did a bit of light off-roading in the cars through the national park, hoping our guests would see bears. And then when they got back to the hotel, there was a, a Bentley cuddly bear waiting to keep them company overnight. So, it, it, and of course it makes everyone laugh and just remember the launch court. And then, and it's also slightly disingenuous, but it also helped provide great content. Yeah. Yeah. I see that as the problems. Yeah. So the influencers literally embraced their bears, used them in their songs, gave their bears a name. Shared them on the um, media, no doubt. Yeah. And it also humanized as the brand. And, and talking of humans, it's also a great opportunity for your guests to interact with your brand. And it's, and I, I would say that the PR should never be the story. So we are the facilitators. Yeah. We're playing Cupid between our guests and say our engineers, our designers, our marketing team, our board of management. And they're the ones who should be quoting the stories and not, not the PR team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that sounds very familiar, but, but these, some of these journalists are suddenly being invited, well, it certainly used to be when I was still in the, in the game. They're invited to launches virtually every day of the week sometimes. Is it still like that or has it sort of calmed down a bit? Yeah, it's still like that, which which is why we try to be as organized as we can and get our invitations out as early as we can, because our, our guests are an honorable bunch. And, okay, you might say an invitation from Bentley to come to Canada might be more exciting than an invitation from a volume brand to go and, I don't know, or we're mentioning cities, but drive, drive somewhere in the UK. But but they, they they are very good at saying, well, I accepted invitation A first. So I'm sorry, Wayne, can't come to Vancouver. And we respect that. And then we just make sure we, we get them a car and we have cars back in the UK. Yeah, that's cool. So you mentioned influencers, et cetera. But the media landscape has changed a lot over, over the well, last however, however many years. How have you integrated traditional media with, with influencers in your, in your strategy? So... In the PR team, in, in my side, we work with influencers and we don't pay them. So it's it, when you when you scroll down your Instagram feed, you'll see sponsored content, but often you don't. Yeah, yeah and yeah. You know, so what, what we in the PR team often do is we, we work with up and coming influencers mm-hmm. who like us as a brand. We profile their audience, which we think could appeal to our current customers, but also even more importantly, our future ones, because we know that luxury customers are changing and we need we need to be ahead on that. Okay. And whether it's an influencer or whether it's a journalist, it is about knowing their audience and knowing their style and target and, and tailoring what you're offering them to what their output should be. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Clever. Clever. So, so, so for example, we've recently been working with an LGBTQ influencer who specializes in luxury travel right yeah he doesn't he doesn't do cars 
Right. He does luxury travel. Right. But of course, to get to a destination, yeah. you need a, you often need a car. Yeah. 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 So so we would partner with the influencer and partner with a hotel. Yeah. Provide the vehicle. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that that way, one of the hardest jobs that we have is is getting cars out of the car pages. <laughs> well, that's the same for the car industry. Essentially, some yeah. people I worked for. There's obviously the, the core media for cars and caravans, but there's a lot of people that don't buy car magazines, don't buy car magazines. Yes. So the Holy Grail is trying to target those people out there in the universe via other lifestyle strategies, et cetera, et cetera, finding out where, how, how to reach them. But that's, that's the $6 million question, isn't it? And, and a good proportion of Bentley's customers are not motivated primarily by their car. So, if, I mean, my, my former employer, McLaren, yep. was very much an enthusiast brand. Yes. And McLaren customers typically would read Evo magazine, they'd follow Piston Heads, and they knew cars. Yeah. Bentley customers are different, and they just, they just appreciate beautifully made, handcrafted things and, and have the money to afford them. But they might be more interested in travel. And in fact, we know they are because we, we have a network app, which if you buy a Bentley, you are welcome as a member of. Um, we do a lot of surveys, we see what they talk about and travel's a key focus. Right. So this year we started a, a program of what we call extraordinary journeys, offering our customers a, a, a week holiday with some money can't buy venues that they re visit right. at and, okay. and stay at. And we're now expanding this program globally. Nice. Wow. That sounds fantastic. There's some beautiful clips on that. And, and it's a way to get Bentley into, for example, the, the travel section of the Sunday Times that, that we wouldn't otherwise. We have a partnership now with Architecture Developer. We've just recently announced a tower that's going up in Miami, which gives us access to property pages of all different lifestyle publications, gets the Bentley name in there. And we have more plans in that area for 2023. Interesting. That's very clever. And, and, and there might be opportunities for your for your listeners also to approach us. We did a glamping story a couple of months ago when, when the weather was rather warmer than it is now, using a Bentayga hybrid. And the, the premise there, working with an influencer, was to find the most scenic charge points across the UK. And of course, they stayed overnight on the way and, and they did it all at glamp sites. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, there's definitely a story potential there. You've got one on your press in the table. I'm sure there'll be some takers out there which will come up with some interesting content ideas, maybe. So you must get swamped, though, with requests to borrow press cards or come on your launches. How do you, how do you assess them all? As, as you've already mentioned, that you're looking at their audience, etc. Is that just a key thing? Primarily, yes. But we're, we're always polite. And it might be that we can't invite everybody to a global media drive in Vancouver, which per head is very expensive, but we have a beautiful factory in crew. And we do this, for example, with some of the regional motoring groups is that we invite them up to crew. Mm -hmm. They have a tour of the factory. We have cars and they can do a short loop. They get to experience the brand, experience, get some time behind the wheel and, and go away happy. That's, 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 yeah. that's quite straightforward, quite simple. Yeah. Uh, no cost. Yes, that's cost-effective. That's, that's the other word I was thinking of. So in your experience, do you, do you find PR easier for a premium brand than a mainstream one? I know you said it's competitive in terms of launch activities and, and the, the media's in their diaries are very busy. But bringing someone up and saying, we've got someone a Bentley launch must be a lot easier than saying, we've got someone 
drive this new little hatchback or whatever? No, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's easier. And, I, and I've, I've, been, I've been fortunate to work for volume brands, premium brands, luxury brands, yeah. enthusiast brands. And as I say, the, the principles are all the same. And whatever level you're working at, you have competitors. Yes. Yes. So, so the competition might be different. Yes. Um, but the, the challenges and and the, the the need for creativity in order to be noticed is exactly the same. Yeah. And it's not. And, I, and I'm sure that's not just cars either. No. But you're right. I can remember when I was at Vauxhall. Sometimes some journalists, their readers, and a really test drive of a new Astro is much more relevant than yes, a lot of people than it's completely out of their reach. Really, isn't it? So yeah, it can work both ways, I suppose, can't it? I know from my experience, we've got a new model to launch, new, new, new. There's a lot of news around it, and that makes generated a lot of stories straight away. But to realize maybe a box, box and commercial vehicles, there wasn't a new van coming along there all the time. So we had to think a bit more creatively about generating content and story ideas to maintain brand awareness in that time. How have you had the, do you have the same, you're not launching new models all the time, I'm sure. How do you uh, manage to keep Bentley out there in the press? You're absolutely right, John. And I guess that it's both a disadvantage and, and an advantage. So disadvantage of working for a smaller, a smaller brand and, and relatively Bentley is, although we're the world's biggest luxury car brand, but compared to one of our sister brands like Volkswagen, yes, yeah. we're, we're tiny, is yeah. that we, we don't launch a product every month because it, it, it is relatively easy. You launch something new, the car press are going to write about it. But there, there, there's still a challenge in that you want them to write more about your new car than your competitor brand's new car. Yeah, yeah. But you're pretty certain you're going to get some coverage for it. Yeah, and you certainly invest in, in fantastic photography, etc., which is always going to help. Oh yes, get that coverage as well, isn't that? Really? Yeah. And and then then you do the launch. They come and drive it, and they write about it again. There's the they, the challenge is you want them to write about it positively. You want to write about you know give it more pages than anything else. But basically, but you can be assured of that. Um, when you don't have a launch every every month, mm -hmm. yes, that the challenge is to maintain that buzz around the brand. And that's where the advantage comes in, I think, because it, it forces you to be creative and for the team to become journalists in themselves to find the stories. And if you, if you, if, if you have a few moments later on, John, in your day, I know you're very busy. If you look at bentleymedia.com, which is our press website, and it's open to everyone, there's no password, and you just scroll down on the news section, yeah. You can see the variety of different stories that we produce, and relatively few are about here's a new car. Yeah, and and that, that's what I love. I mean, for example, we're doing a story this week about three D printing of gold. We're we're now offering the customer the opportunity to have gold organ stops, and on our latest limited edition uh, Mulliner product, you can have a gold driving mode selector. And this is, this is produced using recycled jewellery from a company in, in Birmingham, local. which is then 3D printed and then applied in our cars. So very different story, ultimately about Bentley, but it's not a new car. No. We also did a, another story last week, it was about our honey harvest. Just looking at this, looking at that now, Anthony, I've just pulled yep. up the head. <laughs> Bentley signed these reached new milestone at Cruise Excellent Centre. The honey production, well, I didn't they produce honey. <laughs> yes, yes, see, there you are, let something. <laughs> and it's rather yummy honey as well. I might I try and bring you a jar down at Christmas, sure. Oh, that would be cool. That sounds nice. Wow, I do like honey, that's good. Yeah, that's very creative. I mean, that's, 
I mean, you're a big, you're a fairly big company. There's a lot going on, but yeah, I certainly do propose at the moment for a company that produces a product that is not so easy coming up with ideas. But yeah, that's the fun part, isn't it? It works. It works. It's great. You've got lots of stories here. Well done. And 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 a story is only as good as its picture. I was just going to comment on the photography. It's fantastic, and that is a is a bugbear of mine. I've worked with several people, several clients who will send you a snap taken on their phone or the background is horrendous and you think, well, this is trying to sell your product. You really do want it to look as good as possible. So it is definitely works for our investment, particularly for, well, you haven't got cars in all of these shops. It's not all about the car, is it? No, I agree. Thank you. Oh, I'll look at that. That's distracting me. Sorry. <laughs> and, and also quir- quir- quirkiness works. But yes. pe- people like something that's a bit different and, and, that honey story, I, I, I hope, I know, because it has got some national press interest, and it's, really? it's and we're not, and it's just a few jars of honey, yeah. but I think the, the photography, it, it is called the excellent scent of the honey production, and you can see there's a, there should be a picture there of of the honey of the beehives that are just by our main gate with the sign, and it, it's actually it's a genuine sign. So someone, someone asked me if we, um, um, oh, yeah, um we paint, yes, but yeah. no, 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 it, it is really there. Is it really? <laughs> Oh, that's really, that's really good. So, I Edmund, mean, how do you, you obviously measured on, you've obviously got a substantial budget, you've got to justify what you spend to your, to the board. But, so how do you, how, what's the best measurement these days? It used to be all about column inches and et cetera, et cetera, but it's much more about reaching inference now. Is, is that right? Yes. So PR is sometimes regarded as somewhat fluffy. Yes. Yes. But, but we, we can apply quantitative metrics to what we do. Mm-hmm. And a- any of your, listeners who are looking at doing some PR and perhaps engaging with someone as, someone as yourself, John, yeah. should, should, should make sure that um, some K, key KPIs, quantitative measures are put in place. And, and for us, the rest of the automotive industry, we use a media monitoring service mm-hmm. that very simply reads a huge list of different publications and websites mm-hmm. and looks for the amount of space devoted to your brand or product can also measure positive sentiment and indeed negative sentiment. Mm-hmm. And then based on the information you give the provider, then can read on on the on the penetration, whatever messages you're trying to trying to put across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the downside of that system is that it's a defined list of titles. Yeah. And particularly for a brand like Bentley, which doesn't necessarily need to reach everyone. And doesn't sell vans, doesn't sell motorbikes. Yeah, not yeah. not all the titles would apply to us. So yeah. uh, we don't just talk to titles on that list. We, we we have a much broader audience. Yeah. But to give a fair measure, we have a share of voice system. So if you imagine there's a pie of coverage mm-hmm. devoted to all the luxury car brands, mm-hmm. how what, what's how how big is our slice of that pie? Right. Right. And that that's the metric that we use. We we also look at sentiment, and we are the world's most loved luxury car brand. So we should, in the media, also be the world's most loved luxury car brand. Right. Um, and we can all, we can break that down across different media types. We also look at sustainability communi- sustainability coverage, and on that, very proud to say that Bentley is leading. Or the luxury pack in terms of interest in sustainability, and also what we say around diversity and inclusion, which is increasingly important to us in crew as it is to our customers. Excellent. Yeah.
Good for you. Well, that's because you're constantly getting pumping content out there in the news, isn't it? So, yeah, that's good to get good to get justified, isn't it? But, but you've also had simple, you've also had simple metrics. So, for example, when we have events, yeah. when we do a launch, we as a team come up with our target number of people we want to be at the event. Oh, okay. And then, repeating what I said earlier, we are also constantly trying to make new friends. Mm-hmm. And the easiest thing is just to invite the people you know. Yes. Much, much harder to find people you don't know, <laughs> get them to come to your event, and hopefully have them leave the event as, as a new friend. Yeah. So build, build relations, media, build media relations. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Do you get, and then some people have done events and they've invited lots of influencers along, and then suddenly social media is awash with the same story. Do you try and sort of spread it out or do you? You have that problem? That can work, mm-hmm. but increasingly the influencers that we work with don't want the same content. Right. So you're doing more so, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So what we try to do on our events is we will have an influencer wave because obviously they will spend much more time filming than, say, a print journalist who will take the content that comes from us. Right. Yeah. 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 And... Yeah. And on that wave, we'll make sure that each influencer has a different coloured car. Right. Did I, did Just I, simple tricks like that, because well, they don't they they want to be unique too. Yes. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. Well, your events have always been had a fantastic reputation in the industry for being attention to detail and going going the extra mile. So it's, that's good, a good example of what you do, isn't it? Thank you. Well, I hope so, but but but, it, but it's again, it's disingenuous because you want people to come back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. I've, I've covered most of the subjects I was going to ask about. Is there anything else you'd like to, to add before we come on to some fun questions to finish with? No, I think I think that's probably it, John, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So well, uh, we've, we've demonstrated the power of PR. That's that's the key thing because I don't think the caravan industry is 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 up there with the car industry. This is what they do, and that's one of the one of my missions is to try and specialise in. I can bring some of that expertise to to the caravan world. But yeah, there's been a couple of brands, and I've done some great projects with, with uh, one or two of them. So yeah, long may it continue. So it's good. Oh, I always think, John, if if you think think of okay, so you love caravans, yeah. yes? Yeah. What do you read to learn about caravans? Yeah. Yeah. And then when you have a new client, how can you get your client into those magazines that you read because you are you're part of your intended audience, yes? Yeah. 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 And, but there's also thinking outside that, where, whereas, because I hope the, the other issue is trying to get to people who don't move back to that core sector. But that, we're, we're getting there. We're getting more and more. There's more and more of that going on. So that's, yeah, that's the fun part, which is good. And, and that's where brand partnerships work so well. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 That's what I was trying to say. So, for example, we know our customers love ho- hotels, but they may not necessarily love cars. So let's work with a hotel and a travel influencer who has to drive a car. Yeah. 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 Well, caravans are of homes. People love going places. They love getting outside. There's lots of statistics to show what they like doing when they're away. Even if it's just staying in the countryside, they don't necessarily have to travel very far. But most people get out and do something. So they're quite an active bunch. So, yeah, there's lots of good synergies, synergies there. Absolutely. And maybe one thing I didn't mention was just how important the caravan industry should be to the car industry. Yes. And and I, I learned this in my in my time in Volkswagen. Yes. And I think I think you might even helped. I went on a towing course. I remember that. I remember the press release. Yes. Actually, yes. Yes. <laughs> and 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 met some of the caravanners there. And 
the car they use to tow their caravan is often as important as the caravan. They're a very proud team, passionate about their caravans, often passionate about their cars, knowledgeable about about both. They all talk talk about their cars and you'll often get social media posts saying, what do you tow with blah, 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 or I tow this, what do you think of it, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's really important. And that's why... The industry does does tow car competitions because it's important to there's it. it's a big buying market out there. But in my experience, the car industry, since when I was a caravan journalist, some brands are much friendlier to the caravan sector than, yeah. than others. And, and uh, I remember having a conversation with a marketing team of a brand I worked at previously, saying that we were working with the caravan club, and they were absolutely appalled because they thought, "Why do we we don't want brand X?" Forgive me, but that's what they said. Yeah, associated yeah. with caravans doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so I then made the point. Yes, but if you don't read, if you don't, if you're not interested in caravans, you won't read about caravans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, so, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because people who aren't interested in caravans won't see or know. But you're still going to reach what is. I think isn't the Caravan Club magazine something like the biggest, the second biggest in the UK in uh, terms yeah. of. Yeah, the audience uh, circulation is, is over 300,000. It's, it's huge. That's it. And it's, it's your massive target, target audience. It couldn't be more dedicated to But you can see which companies are more interested in the market or take it seriously by the number of entries you get to tow car competitions. Some brands hardly enter anything or nothing. And others, you know, like, well, Volkswagen's always done very well because they've always been really supportive and entered lots of cars which are also very good at towing. So it's... Definitely the message out there. It's, it's too important to um, to ignore. Completely agree. You'd be sure if you did. Definitely cool. Okay, so your names are the, the towing cause, but I don't think you've actually had a holiday in a caravan or anything. Because yeah. not not since I was very young, and it was a fixed caravan. Oh, well, that's a static caravan. All sorts of allowing. Yeah. So, if you had the choice of a caravan or a motorhome for a holiday somewhere, what would what would be your preference? Definitely a caravan. Oh, really? Big, big um, world. Just, I thought you'd go motorhome. No, because with a with a caravan, you can obviously park. Is it park? Do you park a caravan? Or pitch, I could say. Yes. Hey, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Once you pitch your caravan, it could stay where it is for a few days, and then you have your car. Ah, okay. Yes. To go exploring. Yes, I think yes. I think a, a motorhome is great if you're going from place to place. You're, you're going to stay at lots of different sites on a kind of road trip, yes? Keep moving, yeah. Yeah, but if you want to go to one destination and then explore it over a period of time, then I would think caravan. Yeah, and ultimately your car is nicer to drive and quieter and, and better, better than a motorhome, which is basically a van with a big box on the back. So there's yes. generally a nice experience. I would, I would say. So if you could take that caravan anywhere in the world, where would you fancy pitching it? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, a well-traveled person, so you know, you've got plenty of world choice. Yes, New Zealand. Oh, wow. Yes, a good choice. Choice. Very outdoorsy, very good place to go. Breathtaking scenery and not many people. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yes, I want to do that too. Well, I've got a question here which I normally ask people in the caravan industry, but I'll, you, I'll ask you if you want. If you had a magic wand, what would be your wish? What would you wish for to benefit the, the, the leisure vehicle caravan industry as a whole? Any thoughts on that? No more pandemics. Right. We all want that. Okay. Why why that? Just because I keep hearing about the 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 variability that it's caused the industry, yes? Mm-hmm. And the the lack of being able to predict anything. 
and also that the lack of control. Good, good answer. And obviously, pandemics caused horrendous supply chain issues as well, as we all know. So that's about generally bad news. So unfortunately, not not for us, no. We, we've been very fortunate that we, we have not lost a single day of production wow. due to parts shortages. And, and this is a combination of two things. Yeah. There was a thing called Brexit. Yes, yes. 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 And in preparation for that, we increased our parts stock from days to weeks. And we've maintained that since because yes. of pandemic, but also because of external factors beyond our control. Right. So that that's one factor. Yep. The other factor is that we're part of a large group and we're often favoured for those parts because of the, should we say, higher profit margins on our cars than some of the more volume brands. Oh, okay. That's a combination of the two. But So touch wood. Let's hope that continues. That's a very lovely position to be in. Well done. My last question I ask everybody is if you could have a, a barbecue or whatever on a campsite with three people, people, celebrities, politicians, dead or alive, other than family or friends, any idea who you'd invite? <laughs> it's a hard one. I'd hate to answer this question, but people do come up with some interesting, interesting names. <laughs> Okay, the singer Kylie Minogue. I was just thinking of her. That's amazing. <laughs> I thought you asked because I know you as well, but yeah, that would be a um, fun choice. <laughs> the, the comedian Tom Allen. Oh, I don't know him so well. Yeah, oh, yes, I know you mean. Yes, yes, yes. 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 So you've got the and, and comedy so far. And kind of combination of the two in Jane McDonald. Oh. <laughs> That would be a fun night. Can I come as well? That would be great. Please, <laughs> please, please, John. You're most welcome. <laughs> uh, okay, Wayne. Thank you very much for your time today. I know you're very, very busy. Thank you, John. Great time to talking to you and talking PR and reminiscing of my days in the car industry. Good luck with everything for 2023. And I will speak to you very soon. And good luck to you and all your listeners as well. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Cool. So that's the second episode of 2023 in the bag already. I hope you found that interesting. It's quite a good insight, isn't it, into, into another, another world. And I'm sure there's some really good lessons we can all take out of that. That's this week's episode done and dusted. Next week, I have a caravan industry veteran. I won't tell you who just yet. If you tune in next week and you will find out. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It'd be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.